never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd to the latest episode of the It's Canon Podcast. This is week 12, episode 2. Your featured topic episode on the It's Canon Podcast. The only podcast where we actively tell you and question why do you listen to us. We are your hosts. I'm Boris. And this week, I am joined by Phil... Vroom, vroom. My God. My God. And Tyler. Like, seriously, I should make some, I should make some pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Ah, there we go. Oh, my God. You guys are killing me this week. Oh, my God. So we just finished recording part one. And I don't even know where we're going to go with part two. But this week... We have a very interesting topic to discuss, and that's all the happenings at AT&T, Time Warner, Warner Media, DC Comics, and the major shakeups that have been happening. Like I mentioned earlier in the previous episode, I don't want to pl- play the blame game. I don't want to, you know, I want to respect those who lost their jobs, so I'm not going to speculate in terms of the ins and the outs, but I do want to talk about what this means in the comics industry, what this could mean in the future, and we had a brief talk about this in the previous episode, but we're going to expand on that. We're going to talk a little bit about the ethical timing and the PR of that communication and announcement, because... Next week, this weekend, in just a few days, because today's Wednesday, it is Fandom. So for 24 hours, you'll be able to visit the various domes of the DC Universe and get much, many exclusives, including two video games. A first look at The Batman. A first look at Suicide Squad. More news. For Shazam 2, Black Adam, etc., etc., we'll be able to Justice see. Justice League. Yeah, I, 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 I keep trying to forget about that. But yes, the Snyder Cut will be featured. And I swear to God, if there's any announcement of an A or cut, I'm going to stop making this podcast. So earlier this week, AT&T fires hundreds of DC and HBO execs in the latest example of merger synergies. I love that term. I'm going to start using that in my day-to-day. Merger synergies. 
Hey, Boris, did you go to the washroom? Yeah, and he had some merger synergies. <laughs> oh, my God. So I don't know. That's such corporate speak. It is. It's, it absolutely fits the disappointment of everything that went on there. So, so here's the ugh. thing. And, and you just hit the nail on the head, Phil, because in the lead up and promises that AT&T made as they were making their $86 billion merger with Time Warner, everything they said, well, none of it's true. What were they saying? They were talking about job security, about keeping the silos as silos, about ensuring, you know, anti antitrust laws will be met that they wouldn't become a monopoly that they wouldn't be doing this and they wouldn't be doing that and guess what they've lied left right and center so earlier this week time warner announced that they would be making major layoffs and we're gonna focus right now on the dc brand because that's you know our where the heart and soul of its canon podcast is so roughly one third of dc's editorial ranks are being laid off according to sources insiders also say the majority of the staff of the streaming service dc universe has been laid off a move that had been widely expected by warner media as warner media shifts its focus to hbo max dc universe was doa as soon as the at&t merger happened said one source DC Universe launched in May 2018 and is home to live action series such as Doom Patrol, Titans, Stargirl, as well as animated offerings including Young Justice, Harley Quinn. And the interesting part about this, guys, is that a lot of these shows have already and will be making their move to HBO Max and Stargirl will actually be moving to mine and Phil's favorite network, the CW. So... Yeah, so DC was hit hard, HBO was hit hard, DC Universe was hit hard. I can see DC Universe shuttering its doors, ending its services soon, or at least changing things up. But with that is one feature that a lot of people loved about DC Universe, and that's the ability to read their back catalog of comic books. So it'll be very interesting to see exactly what happens with DC Universe. So... DC, over the past little while, have done a lot of moves that have shaken up the market. Some only for the comic world. Some for the greater good of the brand. So they think, um, you know, in regards to what they've done with the comics. And we've talked about it here and there on the show. We haven't gone in depth about it. And that's because I'm waiting, waiting to kind of see how this plays out a little more. And that is... DC Comics' relationship with Diamond and the now lack thereof exclusivity in distributing comic books that Diamond has with DC. So DC has opened the doors for other companies to distribute their comic books, which then opens the doors for your favorite DC Comics to be in grocery stores, corner markets, bookstores, and other online venues outside of your local comic book stores. So that's one way that they've kind of started shaking things up. Now, also with DC, they've been really testing the market with digital-only comic books. 
So during the pandemic, when there were no comic books being released, DC was still releasing some comic books weekly, and they were all digital only. We had a Aquaman digital only. We had a Swamp Thing digital only. And, you know, from all indicators, they weren't doing too bad in terms of sales. There was also a Superman kind of mixed stories digital only. All of these books were kind of outside of regular canon and continuity they were more one shots one offs collector type books so between you know creating these one shots as we're going to call them moving forward between their new distributors and the possibility of buying books anywhere what does this all mean in terms of dc continuity and the future of comic books well, there's been a lot of rumors, and Jim Lee has actually talked a little more about this. Um, so, in terms of HBO Max, the original content that is on DCU is migrating to HBO Max, Lee explained. Truthfully, that's the best platform for that content. The amount of content you get, not just DC, but generally from Warner Media, is huge, and it's the best value proposition, if I'm allowed to use that marketing term. We feel that that's the best place for that. Lee added, in regards to the community and experience that DC, you created and all the backlist content, something like 20,000 to 25,000 different titles and the way it connected with fans 24 7 there's always going to be a need for that so we're excited to transform it and we'll have more news on what that will look like it's definitely not going away we're not especially surprised to hear that shows will be making the switch um yeah it's just very interesting to kind of see how all of this is happening so you know and at the core of it what we're seeing right now is dcu will be similar to Marvel Unlimited and be their comic book backlog library. Now, Jim Lee also spoke about the rumors of DC not making comic books anymore. So earlier this week, news emerged that Warner Media and DC Comics were undergoing massive reorgs, resulting in a number of layoffs in the world of publishing with CEO and publisher Jim Lee confirming that there are no plans for DC to stop publishing comics. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, the entire comic book publishing world was upended as a majority of books were no longer arriving in comic book shops, while some pivoted to releasing titles on digital platforms exclusively, though Lee confirms that amid both the pandemic and these behind-the-scenes shakeups, the cornerstone of the company is still comic books. Absolutely 100% Lee confirmed with The Hollywood Reporter about whether DC will still publish comics. It's still the cornerstone of everything that we do. The need for storytelling, updating mythology is vital to what we do. The organization leans on us to share and establish the meaningful elements of the content that they need to use and incorporate for all their adaptations. When we think about reaching global audiences and we see comics as helping drive that awareness, that international brand is very much part of our future. Now, what's very interesting about those quotes is that Jim Lee didn't really talk about the continuity overall. He also, the way that this is sounding like, we're heading into Hasbro Transformers G.I. Joe territory, where DC and its comic books are simply the starting point for toys, 
movies, shows, etc., etc., etc. I know that's a lot to unpack. So we're going to start this with the timing of these announcements. Phil, what are your thoughts in terms of the PR timing of the announcements as we are so close to DC's fandom? It looks terrible. I can just, you know, every fan has to be a little bit dis disenfranchised with the thought of, because it's something that we can all relate to, layoffs, um, and even during this pandemic, the timing looks terrible too, especially with these mega corporations that can probably shoulder keeping these people employed or do things in a little more, you know, less sinister way as far as the PR end of it. And, you know, it just sucks because you, you, you know, the economy's down, you know, that it's a tough time for everybody and you go and you do this and it's right before you're basically trying to jazz up fans that your product is awesome. And I love the PR spin that DC used here. So the laws state that you have to give the way that DC let these employees go. You have to give them 60 days notice, but no DC good guy, DC, they gave them 90 days. So I love the PR spin that's happening with all of this. Tyler, what are your impressions in regards to timing and the PR optics of all this? I mean, I'm with Phil in that it looks bad, but to put on my corporate executive hat for a moment, this was going to look bad no matter what. I think this was a long time coming, and I have a feeling it was already delayed because of COVID. I wouldn't have been surprised if this this originally was planned for a couple months earlier. I mean, if you look at what DC was doing even last year with their DC Giants, which was in partnership with Walmart in the States... That was a crazy maneuver. Of yep. You could get 100 pages for $7.99, and it was basically a graphic novel. Yep. And it was just a bunch of one, it was a bunch of separate stories, and a lot of the time it would be like, ah, and here's an old Alan Moore one. If you want to continue this story, go buy the graphic novel. Um, yep. And in Canada, comic book shops got them. Uh, I mean, you look at that, and you look at Sci-Fi Wire is reporting that, quote, Warner Media doesn't want to be in the comics business, it wants to be in the character business. I mean, you look at that, you look combined with back during season one of It's Canon, uh, we'd look at the Diamond Reports, and DC and Marvel would be, you know, 35 to 40% each back and forth. And you look at the Diamond Reports for like the last year, two years before this maneuver, and all of a sudden, like, DC's constantly second fiddle, and Marvel's lead is, broadly speaking, it's growing. Um, and not by like huge amounts, but like a percent here, a percent there. Marvel's really solidifying themselves in their 45 percent of the comics industry. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to happen no matter what. And I also think that they took a calculated risk that I don't love that they took, but I think they're banking on fandom this weekend getting enough excitement to soften the blow. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think that was right. It. it could cover it. Yeah, not even a hundred percent cover it. But if we've learned anything about the yeah. past year, it's that the best way to stop them talking about you in a negative way is just give them more things to talk about. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And DC kind of doubled down on bad news because when the November solicitations came out, 
The following books were not a part of them. Young Justice, Teen Titans, Hawkman, Suicide Squad. They'll all be ending, and a lot of these are a bit of a surprise. Now, just because a book is ending doesn't mean that, that character is gone forever and good. Hmm. Oftentimes, this can launch a new book, a new title, more crossovers. So I'm taking a look at the list. Young Justice, Teen Titans, Hawkman, Suicide Squad. I can see a lot of these characters going into other books, continuing their continuity there. I can see even a new creative team taking a hold and them, them being the books, just having a bit of a break before they're back onto the regular swing. Um, and at the same time, Young Justice, Teen Titans, Hawkman, Suicide Squad... How much do they really bring in the grand scheme of things as a company is trying to cut, make cuts? You know, I know that and one thing that comic book readers and hardcore comic book readers need to remember is that we are in a niche market. We have to take a look at the bigger picture, you know, and unfortunately, you know, DC is in a bit of a bind. They have Batman, they have Superman, everyone knows about them. They're always going to sell. But there's always Wonder a Woman. need to create new stars, new lead books and whatnot. So, you know, how much how much time do you invest in trying to create these versus, you know, taking a loss on trying to create these? Um, Tyler, what are your thoughts there? I, I agree entirely. I also think it's worth remembering the other side of us being a niche market, which is, speaking frankly, for Warner, a really good movie that's really commercially successful can probably make them more profit than every comic over the course of a year. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, the numbers are just so many scales larger. And and I think that's yeah. that's kind of where Jim Lee was heading as he said, hey, look, DC, we're always going to be making comic books. There's always going to be comic books. But, in, you know, and now I'm kind of extrapolating from that. And I'm saying, I think DC, you know, we're going to see a shift in terms of comic books themselves. Um, you know, as he said, they're going to be a just a, a cornerstone of the bigger experience. So I think that's it right there. They're doing the Hasbro yeah. model. Go ahead, Phil. It's the same thing with the games division too, right? Like a, a good, well-developed game will be a cash cow for, you know, like they're even, you know, the gaming industry and whatnot, their numbers are bigger than Hollywood yep. when it comes to a lot of stuff. So it's, they have these horses in their stable that are just have the ability to make so much money out of the properties that they ex that exist and the acquisition was all about the properties and you know this is the belt tightening as far as where they see the value right so they know that comics are probably not going to net them an, an immense amount of money on that sheet it doesn't mean they, they have to stop making them but it certainly means that they could scale them back and i think strategically with something like suicide squad that book kind of taking a break well, they're taking a big risk. You know, the first Suicide Squad movie was a mess with the audience. And, you know, it, the book probably isn't selling well because if you, frankly, if you're a casual fan, you watch that movie and then you go into a comic book store and you go, I don't to touch that title. And now, you know, you have the chance with James Gunn 
doing the second movie or the relaunch or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then when he, if he pulls off the magic that he did with Guardians of the Galaxy with Suicide Squad, well, then you can revive that comic book title and get everybody in on the ground floor. You know, and, and say, okay, the new Suicide Squad is here. Issue number one, get in, everybody. And you're talking about remarketing and you're talking about a lot of stuff and taking established characters in the universe and, you know, putting them in the boat. And, and just saying, nothing let's make money compared to the video game. I was going to say, and on top of it all, there's the rumor that next, well, it's not much of a rumor anymore, but we are are going to be seeing a new Suicide Squad video game by Rocksteady at um, Fandome. That is obviously going to create a lot of um, hype for that brand. So between the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, You know, there's a lot of momentum behind that brand. So with that comic ending in November, the video game and the movie coming out next year, I can see the relaunch happening around then. This is what Marvel does. Marvel always relaunches their titles around the time that movies come out with a new number one. Yep. You know, so I can just see this being part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. I'm curious to know if that game hits the mark or not. You know, I know we're just waiting for the announcement, but these first announcements oftentimes are still really lagged on on deployment, right? It's it'd be really hard in the in the games industry to develop a title to the point that it's basically going to coincide with a movie um and be an effective game. Well, and by I, that I mean like look at all the comic book games that we've had that were absolute shit. Yeah. Right, it's because they're made for a deadline to grab money from people's pockets off of that energy that a product line will bring with a launch of a movie or something like that. People go, "Oh, I'm going to be stupid tonight. I'm going to buy, you know, Suicide Squad the game because I really enjoyed this portrayal or this aspect of it." And then they find out that the game actually has broken mechanics yeah. and is rushed. And the, you know, the, the beauty there, the beauty here though, is that luckily. This Suicide Squad game has nothing to do with the movie. It's completely separate. It's just they're doubling down on Suicide Squad, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, as much as I personally don't care for the Harley Quinn character, um, you know, she is essentially, in my opinion, number three behind Batman and Superman in terms of face recognition for DC oh. comics. Wonder Woman I think is ahead. No, I put her in third, but Harley is definitely with the younger generation to me. Yeah. Tyler, you you got to have a lot on that. Oh, I I I don't know which one's bigger right now because the Wonder Woman movie did so good and we have Wonder Woman 84 coming up. I don't know. I actually would argue in terms of of the younger generation and how much they like, not recognize, but like, I would guarantee Harley Quinn is above Superman, though. I was, you know, I was almost going to take that controversial move and say Batman, Harley Quinn, Superman, but I don't want to get too much hate mail well, this week. And I'm saying, I'm saying to the younger generation, 
Like, I'm saying for the 20 and younger crowd, they don't yeah. care about Superman because they have not had the same... Like, they haven't had the same... Because we had, we had, when we were younger, some great Superman stories, and when's the last time we had, like, a truly, like, a Red Sun iconic Superman story that, like, went above and beyond? Like, Superman is a family um, guy. Like, not, not like, the yeah. cartoon family guy. But it's it's a very different <laughs> comic book nowadays. It's about him, mm-hmm. Lois, and the super kids. It's very different. Yeah. And I like it, but it's not for everyone. And it's especially not for a younger crowd that doesn't really care about a family or comic books like that. They Are just exactly. want Are you serious? Stories. Like, that's what Superman is right now? Yeah. Wow, that just made me feel really weird. Yeah. Basically, since the New 50, New 52 launched Superman, very controversial. They changed a lot. Um, people wanted the red tights back, the red underwear back, from the character design to the stories that they were telling to the fact that, you know, he wasn't even really with Lois Lane anymore. Um, there was a lot of controversy around that. So when they ended New 52 and went into Rebirth, they introduced the old continuity superman to be the new continuity superman um and where he is married with lois lane and they do have children etc etc how does that work it's don't even we're trying to be my mind is exploding (laughs) right now on the the just the alien there's the thing that superman is and that lois lane being a human and i i maybe she's not i don't know now the super read the wiki yeah. Oh no! Go read oh. the wiki. <laughs> I do have two quotes from one from Jim Lee and one from I think is unattributed that I want to talk about with this whole DC thing, though. So the first one, and I think this is the easier, quicker one, is uh, from Jim Lee um, from an interview he did. That said, we will be reducing the size of the slate, but it's about looking at everything and looking at the bottom twenty percent, twenty-five percent of the line that wasn't breaking even or is losing money. It's about more punch for the pound, so to speak, and increasing the margin. And, and this is the part I think is is important, and I'm adding emphasis and increasing the margins of the books we are doing. It yeah. is about aligning the books to the franchise brand content we developed and making sure that every book we put out, we put out for a reason. That's exactly it. That's that's that. Yeah, that's what we've been it talking just sucks about. Sucks that 600 people lost their job off of that, though. Look, I know yeah. some people personally, editors that lost a job at DC, and you know, unfortunately, these some of these people were in charge of very popular books. So you know, from a creative point of view, DC is just making some horrible decisions, letting some really strong people go. But at the end of the day, DC is just trying to realign themselves and make sure that what does get released is profitable to their bottom line. You know, when New 52 was released, they came out with the whole 52 books in their line. How many of those 52 books do you think were actually profitable? You know, unfortunately now, with the powers that be at AT AT&T, there are eyes on DC, especially considering the emphasis that DCEU has on (laughs) the movie market and HBO Max with a fucking Snyder Cut. It's a crazy world for DC. I'm, I'm, you know, we uh, from a Marvel guy's perspective and an old DC kind of fan. 
All right. And I've, I've tried to keep up with the new movies as well, but not the shows. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting from the casual point of view because the Marvel universe, as we all have remarked, is very approachable by the casual fans and whatnot. And DC, you know, I started really feeling like I was getting the DC vibe. Yeah, I, I watched like several DC movies in a row and I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling the energy happening here. I, I'm, I'm digging it, you know? And, and I was just like completely happy with it. And then I watched a Marvel movie. Uh, this was a few years ago. I forget which one, but you know, like Ant-Man the Wasp or something comes out and I go, oh shit, I feel so much more engaged in, in the whole story arc of all of the movies and there's yeah. so much more and it's so overwhelming as a fan that I'm like, oh man, I like DC sucks. <laughs> like, you know, like it, it, it transitioned so observably fast in my mind. Yeah. And I'm not that kind of absolute kind of guy. Right. And I'm like, I still I, give them a chance, but yeah, I think on that, I, I think that historically the thing that DC always did really good is DC's characters. A lot of them are, are iconic heroes to put on the writer hat. Cause I'm changing hats today. And iconic heroes are all about like, we don't change. We do, We are about each one's about an ethos and it's about, examining and recapitulating that ethos over the course of each storyline and especially batman and superman like they are iconic characters versus marl in broad strokes their characters are less iconic and mm -hmm. often they are more character dramas and you see that reflected in the movies right um when a dc movie does well like let's say dark knight dark knight right the yeah. second the second yep. Nolan dark one. Knight. i was having a brain fart there that is about Big ideas and philosophies capitulated through several iconic characters. Versus Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey, it's a fun family comedy. We're doing a heist and we got like the cars that go big and small. And it's not as much about philosophy. Yeah. And DC does really well when it's about big philosophies. Yeah. And, and I think that in part the reason Batman v Superman failed is because they both had the same philosophy in that iteration. So it was... Why are, why are you fighting? <laughs> Martha. And that's the thing, you know, Martha. right there. That's, I think that is, you know, the statement of the day because DC is not Marvel. And in the DCEU, yeah. they tried to make it so much like Marvel that it just, at the end of the day, really yeah. hurt it. Now, going back to that quote about, you know, releasing books that live up to the bottom line that, you know, Make a profit, yada, yada, yada. Tyler, what are your thoughts? We didn't hear exactly what you oh. thought about that. Yeah, I went down another hole. Oh, I mean, sure. That's, like, honestly, like we said, DC does this every once in a while. If you're a big corporation, speaking frankly from a financial standpoint, they can take the loss from this, write it down as a capital loss, and get yep. the tax credit. Yep. Like, they don't care that much. I We weren't going to go too much into the behind, inside baseball stuff, but... Yeah. Now, this reeks a little bit of they wanted to get rid of some people yep. for a variety of reasons, some of which I think a lot of us would be like, that person probably should have gone a while ago. Hmm. And some of them were, were like, oh, why are you getting rid of this person? Yeah. Headcount is a hell of a thing for a big corporation like AT&T. Uh, now, you yeah. said you had two quotes. What is your second quote? So this one is unsourced. It's been reported by Gizmodo. 
who, you know, they've, they've had some good reporting in the past. Every once in a while, they do get a really good scoop. So it'll be interesting to see if this is true. But they are reporting from an unidentified source that they are looking to bring in a general manager for, for DC Comics that, quote, is from the world of esports, end quote. I did see that. I personally (laughs) don't know exactly what that means in terms of a business philosophy. I don't know exactly what that means in terms of character building, world building, and any of that. I just interpret interpret that as entertainment, events, bang for buck for AT&T. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it just getting somebody who has a really competitive mindset in there and is looking at different markets, I guess. Familiar with unfamiliar or new territory. So it just speaks to maybe some of the risks that DC might want to examine and carve out as far as being in new spaces and being in, in... new areas with their product. Is that where you think it's going? I I don't know. Like whenever you start talking about esports, things get weird every time. Uh, but these people are traditionally trained too, right? Like just because they're in esports doesn't mean that they're not qualified or whatever it may be. But it definitely speaks to a risk category to me because I think it's 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 got ambition. It's got um, a, a real lack of of trepidation as well associated to it. Like, not only do you want to be ambitious, but you also want to be outside the box with esports. Like, you you want to challenge stuff. You want to get kids. You want to get certain markets. You want to engage them. You want to short them out on pay. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's all kinds of things that just cross my mind when I hear esports and kind of the fiasco that it is right now and it's interesting to see that that's the quality that they're after or the breadth of experience that they're after for a big vision i love how you're suddenly just shitting on all things esports well it's it's unfamiliar but it is it is familiar in the sense that most of what i see about it is controversial well, like it, but it, you have not... to give. Here's the thing. The flip side to that is you have to give esports credit for being a fucking joke at the core of it. You're, 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 you are video games. But they've been able to take something so basic, so simple, a hobby for many, and turn it into a multi-billion-dollar um, venture. Half of it smoke and mirrors, but. It's a billion-dollar venture with a lot mm-hmm. of followers. I just wanted to clarify that part. Like, you know, I, I don't want our listeners thinking that we're shitting on esports. No, no. Like, honestly, it, it's a legitimate thing, and I totally get it, and but, it speaks to the spirit of competition. Yeah. But I, the, I get it, and it's fun and whatnot. I just see all the controversy from around From a business it. point of view, there, you know, there is a lot of questions to be asked by the mentality of flat out even saying hey we want someone with esports background what does that mean like you know there's there's still a lot of stigma around esports especially in the business sporting world uh, entertainment world so you know that's kind of how we formulate because i thought the exact same thing as you phil but i wanted to just make sure that you know we're not you know shitting on esports per se tyler any response there 
I have an interesting point. I I agree with Phil that it seems it like that particular point seems like a riskier move. Yeah. But because yeah, right, it could be someone. I mean, if they're going from esports rather than somewhere else, and they they that's the leak. Um, it speaks to they're trying to keep an eye on the dollars and cents, and yep. you know, AT and T, Time Warner is a big corporation. We, you know, they're they, we kind of suspect they're gonna do that. But to me, everything else they're doing is a much more conservative, defensive maneuver, right? Like they're trying to they're trying to cut things. They're trying to cut back. They're trying to get rid of people. They're probably gonna do rehires at lower pay rates, yeah. pay rates, because that's part of it. And I. DC still has some people around from some of their biggest breakout hits ever. Right? Like, like DC in some ways I think should have a, should better remember and better recognize that their risky stuff is sometimes their best stuff. Yeah. yeah but this it, is this is the point though, is that they're going out and they're saying Hey, look, we're going to make all these conservative cutbacks. We're going to really uh, clean up the books and and simplify the product line and and diversify our portfolio as far as the content that we're really targeting. And then they're putting somebody in charge of it, potentially, from the rumor mill, that is a person that would be risk-adverse or, you know, risk-embracing. So, obviously, I think the strategy there is make a lot of money off of a little stuff yeah here's the thing to both of your points i'm afraid as tyler mentioned some of their more successful books have been the risky ones now we have someone possibly we're assuming means a little more conservative with the dollars and the cents in terms of books and what we're going to be seeing i'm afraid that we're not going to see another grant morrison multiverse type book that went all over the place but was just so fun to read and it was insane to read but i had so much fun reading it are we going to stop seeing things like that are we just going to be seeing regular batman versus joker superman versus lex luther type books are we going to stop seeing earth one type books are we going to stop seeing the de- the the metal books you know it's it's it it raises a lot of questions in terms of where DC wants to go. So our last point of the day is in relation to actual comic books and continuity and the world of DC. What do you think the future holds? Do you think we are still going to be seeing a world, a universe, a multiverse, or do you think we're going to start seeing more one shots, one ofs, you know, standalone books? Tyler, what are your thoughts? I I think DC is in danger of making a major misstep. I mean, Alan Moore, way back when, when all these comic, uh, comic book acquisitions started happening, he decried the downside of, you know, comics are just going to become the R&D department for movies. And I think if you look at Marvel, that is definitely part of the purpose of comics, is, is it R&D. But that doesn't mean they're bad stories. And I think yeah. that that's... If you're Disney, I think it's a good call of, like, let your comic book people try some weird stuff. Let them, you know, have the symbiotes wigging out and doing weird things all over the place. 
and then see how the audience reacts. And you can use that to try to tell good stories. And that's where you take your risks is where it's cheaper to do so. And it feels to me like this is taking the opposite step of we're going to treat comics as a value add, right? Like it's going to be like, oh yeah, we got the Arkhamverse video games that you really like. So read the Arkhamverse comics to fill in the middle gaps. Yeah. And that's a position Marvel seems to have moved away from, right? Like when Marvel has Captain Marvel launch the movie, they don't launch a comic that ties in. They launch, here's three new Captain Marvel comics of different other things that are like that, but not the exact same thing. So you're seeing this more as they are going to be um, doing more tie-ins with the various properties. It's that's what it seems like to me. I like, think, right? Like you said, like it's going to be a lot of Batman and a lot of Superman. Yeah, but I see it more as they're going to be expanding these characters, and ultimately, we're going to be seeing bits and pieces of these on various. Uh, medias like movies video games etc so i think that we're still going to be seeing these as the rnd of other entertainment forms phil what are your thoughts very similar you know honestly i can see it all just trying to parallel marvel and i hope that they don't dumb down the comic book division i hope what they do is decide to allow for those multiverses, to acknowledge that both the comic book fans and the movie-going fans can understand complex ideas. And yeah, just use your comic books like R&D, um, if that's what you got to do, and find out what works and what doesn't. And then incorporate it in your stuff. Get Robert Pattinson to drive a new Batmobile. Regardless of what you think of that, it's going to be fun and entertaining regardless whether it's good or bad but we are in interesting times indeed dc is surely making some risks we'll see within the next year three years five years whether all of these risks pan out we'll be seeing in regards to digital is dc going to be moving digital only i doubt it but i'm sure that there will be more of an emphasis to make digital books because that clearly worked during the pandemic. Let's see where all of this goes. Tyler, any final thoughts? I hope I'm wrong about DC. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. Bill, mm-hmm. final thoughts? Uh, same, same thing. I hope they're successful in the sense that competition is good. Yep. Consumers win. And for all of our awesome listeners, I want to hear what you have to think Because this is such a huge thing, especially in the comic world. And it's not just the comic world. It's video games, movies, toys. There's so much where all of these things are incorporated. Phil, tell our listeners how they can send that feedback and how they can keep listening to this special podcast. We are on the interwebs at www.itscanonpodcast.com. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at itscanonpodcast. Email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really anywhere where you find podcasts, maybe even Amazon. Uh, Like what you hear so far, make sure you head over and uh, pick it up. Click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us talk. 
Thank you indeed. This is the It's Canon Podcast, the only podcast. The only three guys that DC didn't fire this week. I'm Boris, he's Phil, that's Tyler. Good night. Vroom, vroom.